0: Episode two hundred fifty-two of Kane's Cast and Shane Willis. This is always the one podcast at the end of the year that you dread that we have to do. It's the
1: worst, and is probably just as bad as my golf swing is right now.
0: Would it be any worse than your putting?
1: It might be right now. Oh come on now! I'm in trouble. I'm in a tailspin. Well, and I can't pull out. I'm in a flat spin, as Maverick would say. Eject, Goose. <laughs>
0: Talk to me, Goose. Uh, you will be you will be very disappointed to know that Brady Shea is ready. I hope he left town. Well, he did. <laughs> Thank but God. I told him. I told him. He's got two things to do next year.
1: Sebastian, as you listen to
0: this podcast in Finland. <laughs> but he's got two things to do next year. What? One, is, one is help this team win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And two, eviscerate you on the golf course. I'll be ready by the time he gets back. Check and check. Oh, I don't think so. But you know what you can do to get ready? Wow. You can have a on storm brew. On the first
1: brew. tea box, I'm crushing a storm you brew. You can have
0: a storm brew and make sure that you, one, enjoy this fine podcast, which is Kane's Gas, brought to you by Storm Brew, presented by, if you will, which is made by R&D Brewing. Go visit their tap room on Capitol Boulevard. It's the 7 Saturdays tap room.
1: And that's the only good thing about the end of the season is you and I can visit the tap room. Yes, freely. We have to do a podcast. From we back. will. I, uh, we've talked to them. So we just got to set the date. Okay. Um, hopefully in June, yeah. before my June has, summer camps kick June off is next week. So we
0: can do next week. Yes. Though. Maybe we should uh, do a birthday podcast there. Your birthday's coming up. Yes. Mine's in July, oh. so we could double do celebration. We could do a co a co op. Uh, that is Storm Brew. Of course, you can get it here at the arena when the Carolina Hurricanes are playing, and of course that will be quicker because the Canes made it to the Eastern Conference Final, which Shane and I will dive into in just a moment. Or, of course, you can pick it up at your favorite grocery store or any place where they sell your favorite adult beverages. Just remember, drink responsibly. That's all. As always. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, also, big news for Shane Willis. Legal uh, mobilized gambling coming to the state of North Carolina. Announced this morning? It was announced this morning. So Be responsible, people. Be responsible, people. But that'll change. Is that some... going to come into our podcast at all? I think so. I hope so. If we do this right, it should. Yes. should. I mean. We'll give you the daily, the
1: daily the, wager. The,
0: we'll give you
1: Willis's top shelf. We'll call it the Storm Brew mistake. How about this one? <laughs> Clappers with Wilbur. Oh.
0: Meaning because if you get it right, you clap. or a thing on a slap mm-hmm, show. I ah. like it. Mm-hmm. After a bad week, we're in the penalty box yeah. with Shane Willis. Exactly. <laughs> in the sand bin. Yes. <laughs> Over the cap with Shane Willis. How about that one? That would be good. We are putting off talking about uh, the Carolina Hurricanes post-mortem, the end of the season here. But it's been done. The exit interviews have happened. Rod Brindamore and Don Waddell spoke with the media uh, a day ago and uh, gave their thoughts on this team, where they're at. Um, I I just want to – let's tackle the Eastern Conference final first. We've got a lot of Twitter questions to get into. Yeah. I've never watched a series like that, Shane. Like that, where – I can literally sit here and tell you that the Carolina Hurricanes could be the team in the Stanley Cup final with a straight face. And I know what we do, but in hockey, you can get goalied. And that's what happened in the first three games. And the one thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs is, and we're going to talk about this with Scott Burnside, who will be joining us here in, in a little bit. The deeper you go the more you notice injuries, either guys playing through something or players you don't have on the ice. And I know it's about who you got, not who's not there, but when you get to a conference final, a Stanley Cup final, you're now getting to the best of the best or the teams that are playing their best. Nobody flukes their way to a conference final or a Stanley Cup final. And if you are down big pieces, it becomes an edge to the opponent that, well, they don't have this goal scorer. They don't have this defenseman. They don't have this goalie. That's why for the Stanley Cup final, I'm interested to see what Vegas is going to do, although Aiden Hill has played great. But you know how good Sergei Bobrovsky was. And, and he was the difference maker, but I'm not, it sounds like an excuse. It's not an excuse. Florida won. They scored the big goals when they needed to, and their game breaker, or game breakers, if you want to put Alexander Barkov, because his line was very good in the series, they made the plays when they needed to. And even though it's four straight games, <laughs> you, we can joke about it. it. It was actually five. Yeah, it was five. Because <clears throat> game one goes four extra periods. Maybe one of the closest series I've ever watched. For me, it is. Because... 3-2, I 2-1, mean, two, two, one, one nothing. Right.
1: Could have split the series, could have easily been up 2 nothing, leaving Raleigh. I mean, again, we can sit here and play all the scenarios out, but at the end of the day... The only thing that matters is the Florida Panthers won. And now you reevaluate, you self-evaluate as the entire organization does, not only the players, and get back home and walk into the gym and continue to push to get to another level. Because every year teams will get better. This team has a great core group of players. It has great leadership, great coaching. So you know they'll be the talk of the league again next year. Second best team in the National Hockey League through the regular season, behind the Boston Bruins. Yep. Only two teams remain. Everyone is going through the same process as the Carolina Hurricanes. I think sometimes we get so frustrated and mad, like we forget everyone else has lost too. But this team is
0: this team is good. It's built to win. It has a system to win. It's not only just built to win; it's built to stay winning. It's it's built to keep this going. Right, and that. That's one thing I don't want fans or people to lose sight of. Losing sucks, and I hate using that word. Hate it. It's the worst thing. It, it's way world. worse than winning. Exactly. <laughs> I, hate, I hate losing more than I love winning. I really do. I've had this before. This gets me in trouble yep. with a few people when I say this. But in the words of Nuke Lelouch, winning is awesome. It's, like, way better than losing. Yeah. But, again, there's only going to be one champ at the end of the year. I will take a team— that is competitive enough, that can get in every year because that's your golden ticket. Because once you get in, look at the Florida Panthers. Anything can happen. Your goalie gets hot. Your your star players find another gear. And people forget the Panthers were a breakaway save from Sergei Bobrovsky. He doesn't make that save on Brad Marchand of getting knocked out in the first round. Mm. Uh, and then you go to overtime and it becomes coin flips and things happen. I... I just don't want people to lose sight of that chain because it was nine seasons with game eighty-two. All right, see you. Right, see you. See ya in see ya in late September. The Canes didn't make
1: three to five trades and empty the draft lottery picks, and now we're looking at summer of like, what do we do now? Exactly. Right. Your core is still intact. Your direction and mindset in that locker room is still intact. And what we're going to get into with Scott Burnside is tweaking. What kind of tweaking? If you say that wrong, you'd be dancing up a storm in a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> what kind of tweaks? And again, this management staff and ownership group to me is patient yep. and has a process and really an answer to every move they make. A lot of teams, I think like at GMs when they make trades, if you truly went to them and be like, what you, why would you do that? Yeah. They wouldn't have an answer. Don Woodell and his staff have the answer with numbers and different things yeah. and the studying they've done
0: to back it up. I just, I need to, to go, this is where having you on this podcast is awesome. Other than learning that your golf swing is terrible. although That's good for me. It's um, tough right now. So let's go to another tough spot, that locker room. How hard is it to be the players on this team and you are going home right now? And you're like, what ha- what? happened because you have to replay this series in your mind don't you as a player a shift a moment a period a play along you you have to it all gets replayed right for the for the summer so how do you how do you use that in a positive way but the give me the immediate like right now when you're knocked out of the playoffs it's the especially getting this close
1: it's just sheer disappointment right you think you talk about climbing the ladder and you're you know reaching for that cup And you get knocked off. And you don't fall down two rungs because the other teams are below you. You land on the floor with all the other teams. And it hits you like a ton of bricks. Guys are going to deal with it in different ways because I think your different roles, all you do is self-analyze and say, did I do everything Mm -hmm. I can to help this team win? And You look back at certain games, certain shots that maybe didn't go in or did go in, because the flip side of it is when you hit that floor, as a player, you can't let it drag you down into a pit of misery yeah. right there's so many pauses for each and every guy that played in this entire season and in playoffs together that you have to look at those but all those things as you walk back you look at different gyms and look at the locker room that canes have and what they have written on the walls that type of self self-reflection goes up in your gym this summer right that is what drives you again It's what drove the Hurricanes last summer and a guy like Marty Natchez to train like he did to prepare for this year and have a career year, right? It drove Brent Burns to get here early in the summer and make sure his family was settled so he could buy into this system and the way they played. All of those things go to another level. And I expect each and every one of these guys to come back bigger, better, faster, ready to win a Stanley Cup because the other part of what I love about this team, and again, I've talked about in the playoffs how mentally strong they are and how... Good, they are about seeing it, but then moving on. Yep. Because any player or team, if you will, that comes into the season and you're st- still thinking about your last loss when the season starts, you're in trouble, right? Because there is nothing you can do about that. And that's what I love about this team, probably more than anything, is the way they focus on that each and every day.
0: Well, we also know that the head coach of this team won't allow that. Rod Brindamore is not going to allow that. Because he understands that. He understands that as a player and something he learned. Yeah. Use it as fuel in the offseason. Sure. So when you don't feel like waking up at whatever to go skate or right. work out or do whatever, no, nope, I'm getting up to do that and whatever. But once, you, once we get to next year, nope, that's in the trash can. Which, by the way, even if they would have won the Stanley Cup, I think that Rod Brendamore would have said, that's in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> right. We move on. It's a new year. I think he would enjoy it a little bit longer. I think that you are correct. But uh, with that, uh, let's enjoy our friend. Uh, You can follow him on Burnside on Hockey. He is Scott Burnside. Let's just get your your take, not how the season ended, Scott, but overall, what was your takeaway for this season for the Carolina Hurricanes?
2: Yeah, you know what, uh, Mike, it's, it's so hard, I think, to really put it into perspective because there are, you know, there were so many different parts to it, and I think, You know, when you pull the lens all the way back and, you know, once again, this is a team that um, I I think rightfully was considered um, a legitimate Stanley Cup contender from the word go, Uh, obviously making the playoffs once again, uh, as they have every year since Brad Brindamore took over as head coach in in 2018, Um, going to the Eastern Conference final for the second time. During the Brindamore tenure as head coach, I, I mean all those are like all of those are really important milestones, and they are important indicators, I think, of where the franchise um, is at and how it's evolved, certainly since uh, Tom Dundon took over as owner and, and, and made the you know what has turned out to be a critical hire in Rod Brindamore. And of course, you know, moving Don Waddell into the GM role. So all of those are really important markers, I think. And I think they reflect the state of the franchise and and, and how things have changed so dramatically over the past four or five years. Um, but I think, and actually Tom Dunman talked about this when he and I were chatting just before the uh, um, before Cam Ward's Kane's uh, Hall of Fame induction and a couple of days before the Stadium Series game. Um, when you get to this point, you know, the stakes are higher and the expectations are where they should be. And so when you finish up a season like you did, um, you know, being swept by the Florida Panthers, and, and I think re- really a series that sort of defied, um, you know, the idea that it was, oh, it's just a sweep, which I think on the surface suggests a, a real, you know, disparity in talent between the two teams. And that certainly wasn't the case. But I think there is there should be a sense of disappointment about it, and I know you can rationalize with the injuries to Specht, and Coffin, uh, and Matt and Pacioretty; those are real things. Um, but it still shouldn't lessen the sting of of how it ended. So I, you know, it's sort of a double-edged sword. The expectations are high. You should feel disappointment, even though getting to the Final Four um, is a is a real accomplishment that can't be ignored. So it is sort of sort of a double-edged sword, I think with where this team has ascended to. And now, you know, what happens, to, you know, to keep tracking forward and not, you know, at some point there will be, you know, an ebb and flow in the in the fortunes the of this franchise. That's life. Um, I don't think we're nearly at that point for this team, uh, given the roster and, and, and given the good things there. But it does mean that the expectations are going to be even higher, I think, heading into training camp in the fall.
1: Oh, uh, well, you... Took the words right out of my mouth because that's where I was going to go. When you look at this team, there's no doubt uh, disappointment because of the goal they set at training camp and how they work towards that goal and you don't achieve that goal. But so many positives throughout the season from so many different players. And the one thing you just mentioned was this team isn't in a situation where we talk about the window all the time. They're still in that window in a big way. So I think it's another big summer that fans can get excited about because there's tweaks to be made to ultimately know that this team will be in contention again next year. And the organization has shown over the past couple of years that they're not going to back off of doing the right things to be in contention every year. And Rod Burnamore told us that when he became the coach every year we'll be in contention. And this team in my mind will be there again next year with some minor tweaks. So, you know, I want to go back to to one part when we look at the regular season as a whole, Scott, was there one area do you think this team excelled at or a player that really jumped out to you this year as far as when we talk about progress and moving forward towards that ultimate goal?
2: yeah, i you know what I think there were I don't know there were so many you know sort of moments of oh okay, you know like that, you know marty Necha and his breakout season and um, you know, and uh, I spent some time talking to both Marty and to Andre Spechnikoff and their relationship and even though, you know, they started up the season playing together quite a bit uh, and that changed as, uh, you know, as the season went along, playing on different lines, but they're, to me I put, you know what, they're so closely connected in terms of their relationship and their uh, their friendship and I think that's an important part of, of the maturation for both those players and, uh, you know, every team has to endure the the obstacles of, of, of serious injuries, that's, that is life, right? That's life in the NHL. And I do feel, you know, I just feel sort of sad for Andre Speckinkoff about how all of this unfolded for him and his injury that, that cost him the last what third plus of the season, or the last third of the, of the season and the playoff. Um, and it is, and I guess that's what, you know, going back to your point, Jane, about when you think about the future you know, both Spetsenkoff and Netchass are so right. They aren't even. They, I, don't, I hate the term. They haven't scratched the surface, but I think in some ways they really haven't yet. Uh, you know about what is possible for them. You know, but Barney Netchass is 24 years old. It's, uh, you know, he's still he's still a boy. Uh, Spetsenkoff is 23 years old. So, you know, they're they're going to continue to to play a big role and i think play a real important leadership role um you know next season when you get into those clutch situations where you know where goals were so difficult to come by against uh, florida those are players i think that will you know that will grow into uh, important roles uh, you know on a bunch of different levels so you know what i think of uh you know i i think of you know, some of the struggles for a guy like Seth Jarvis. And I just loved his comments at the end about the things he wants to be better at and how he's going to take the off season, try and be a better person, not just a better player. And You know, talk about maturity and having a good perspective on, you know, being self-aware. Uh, you know, I think, again, the, the, we can expect a, a big step forward next year for Seth Jarvis, because I think he learned a lot of lessons this year that, you know, that there were some difficult times for him, and I thought, you know, he will likely emerge stronger for that. So, um, you know, again, I, I don't think I'd probably answer your question, Jane, but there were lots of different moments during the season um, that I, I think should fill fans full of, of optimism moving forward. And some of it is about overcoming things like an injury for Session Cop or, you know, some of the, the, the difficulties of learning what a grind it is for Seth Jarvis. And, you know, I, I'm fascinated to see what shape the roster takes, um, you know, coming into the next season, you know, table, Caravan and very difficult season for him uh, on a lot of different levels. And it carried into the playoffs with the, um, with the injury in the first round against the Islanders. And I thought him coming back, you know, again, shows you the kind of character that he has. And, and there's a lot more for him to give. So, you know, a lot of moving parts moving forward. But I, again, I think there's, there's so much to like about what has been created uh, in that, in that locker room. And, and I, you know, there's a certain amount of pressure now on management to, to make, you know, it's not just about making moves and Rod it. It's addresses, making the right, right. Bringing in the right people. It's, it's not just, you know, okay, let's look at a stat sheet and let's bring this player in and, you know, hope he can deliver 40 goals or 80 points or whatever it might be. It really is about a fit for this franchise. Uh, but it also puts pressure on Don Waddell and the coaching staff to make sure that whatever moves are made are in fact the right moves for this locker room, not just about what a stat sheet tells you uh, might happen.
0: All right, Scott, to that end, and, and you kind of started to answer this question, how hard is it to not lose sight of, of what this team accomplished, second in the NHL uh, in the regular season, record wise, making it to a conference final, but balancing, maybe there are things that need to be tweaked, need to be changed. How do you, how do you go into an off season? And you've been around a lot of teams that have been close, or have won it all, or got to the final and lost. And then, you know, you have a, a pretty big off season that you're faced with. What do we do now? So basically, that's my question. How do you balance? You still have a really good team, as Shane pointed out. The window is wide open. That you make the right move versus, you know people are going to want something versus maybe the right move is we just stand pat with what we
2: have. Yeah, uh, Mike, I think that's a, it it really does go to um, your, you know, your belief in, in what you are trying to accomplish and and what you're planning. So, and that, you know, that starts with Tom Dunnan at the top. And obviously Don Waddell has a relationship with Rod Brindamore and the coaching staff and to have really candid conversations about, where did we fall short? And it's easy to say, well, boy, if you had more scoring, uh, if you scored more goals against Sergey Bobrovsky, uh, you know, we might be talking about a matchup with the Golden Knights in the final for this team. Um, But it's, it's not just, you know, finding someone who can score. It's finding someone who can score within um, the system that is so important to the success of, of this Carolina Hurricanes franchise. So, to your your question is, I don't think you can lose sight of being if you get to a conference final yes it, there's disappointment that you didn't take the next step but boy that is a that is a real accomplishment, and I think you have to be cognizant of that and I think you know in terms of well what do you you know what do you add and and what kinds of moves do you make and i think and I think tom Dundon, you know addressed this I think he was talking to Luke Cox, um the fine local columnist about, okay, let's not, let's make sure we're not doing something dramatic just to do something dramatic, or because we feel disappointed that, you know, this is a team that that had the tools to, to maybe go the distance to win a cup or certainly go to a Stanley cup final. So I think that's the real, you don't want to be too cautious, but you also don't want to make a move that, you know, that you end up, you know, giving up good young prospects or trading a young core piece um, just to do something. And, and I think that's that's about the belief in the system. And I think you have to trust what Rod Rindmore and his coaching staff and what Don Waddell and, and, and the hockey ops department, when they start assessing who do we need to bring in, and whether it's via trade between now and the draft, let's say, maybe it's when free agency starts. I think historically a lot of people think well if you just you know you go and spend money in, in the free agent market uh, that's that's a, it's a hard way to build a tough winner that way really i think free agency for when you're a team like uh, carolina you have to add it has to be the right piece that you add you can't be remaking your team through free agency and i think carolina is in a good spot where they can do just that make a smart move or two on free agency got to resolve the goaltending issue moving forward so Uh, again this is about tinkering and finding one or two parts to push you over the edge you're not talking about having to you know to to rebuild it in any way shape or form given the roster that's been constructed there
0: Uh, by and by the way I'm not sitting here going you run it back although Rod Brindamore did say this run it back with who you have last year that's what coaches want there there do have to be things to be made but I think you always get that overreactionary point, point. And Shane, you know this because of what we do, that all oh, this has to change, that has to change, where maybe it's, I like that word tinker. I like that. Maybe just a, a tinker with something. We're going to go in the basement. We're going to fix the door and <laughs> go from there. Well, I think we've seen that at every single trade deadline
1: acquisition of the ones that have worked, if you will, and the ones that haven't worked. One of the big ones that has jumped out to me in this playoff run is Ivan Barbashev in Vegas. Sure. And what he's done there. And now he's been given a much bigger opportunity slash role for them. But again, they gave up a prospect that was picked in the first round, 30th overall, just to get him. Just one player for Barbashev. And he has been dynamic for the Vegas Golden Knights in helping them get this far. You flip the script on the Kachuk trade, which was last summer, which is groundbreaking, if you will, for the Florida Panthers. But they wanted to make a big move um, and go for it. And he has been everything that they've needed in that franchise. And the one thing, again... I'm gonna make I'm not gonna make everybody nervous, but I think when I look at this roster and the work and tinkering, as you guys just mentioned, that needs to be done. Let's not turn too far away from the work and hard work that it's gonna need to be done to ex- extend a number of these players. Right. When you look at Cap Friendy and you look at his organization, the only players that are still assigned long term are Kokoniemi, Svechnikov, and Kochetkov that are beyond two years. Most of the Canes elite level locker room guys are one year or less with guys yeah, including Jordan Stahl up, yeah. and, and and Jesper Foss. So just your input on that, Scott, is that a worrisome summer, if you will, for Don Waddell? Or is this something that when you look at certain players, it's easy to get done?
2: Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think there's always, that's, that's always life in, in the, cap world and certainly you know the expectation is that after uh, the 23-24 season there should be a significant growth in the cap so that there will be more flexibility for teams you know and and I expect that Carolina will continue to be a cap team as they have been under Tom Dundon so there will be some you know there will be some relief moving forward when some of those players as you're talking about who you know who are going to come to the end of their current contracts and, and, and the belief will be the belief, of course, is you're gonna, you know, you're going to keep Sebastian all moving forward. Uh, you know that, um, you know, the young core is, is, you know, Jacob Slavin got two more years left before he hits UFA, um, and you understand where, you know, where those players are going to expect significant raises relative to the salary cap. It does create a lot of. Again, I think those heartfelt discussions about, you know, how are you going to allocate your, your cap money moving forward? And, and what does, you know, where does a player like Cabo Tierra he's a little bit older at 28 years old. Um, you know, he's going to be a UFA, uh, as will Sebastian Ajo potentially at the end of next season. So those are important discussions moving forward. I think you look at the back end and, you know, again, the Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. Jalen and Chatfield all can come to the end of their contracts uh, at the end of the 23, 24 season. So I think it's about having the vision of, you know, not just what will happen in in this next season. When again, I think it's legitimate to say that Carolina team will enter um, training camp at the start of next season as a cup favorite, as a team that should be at or near the top of the Metro standings and the top of the Eastern Conference standings. Those expectations are real and they, you know they that's where they should be Um, but it is about what you envision this group looking like not just next year but then in two or three or four years and so you know I mean you know that Jacob Slavin is going to be you know he's not I don't believe he's you know we can talk about him as being an underrated player anymore people understand in the game that he is one of the top complete defensemen in the game and so Whatever that number looks like, is it eight or nine? Is it whatever the number looks like, when he starts to talk about a new contract, um, I don't think there are going to be any surprises because people understand how good he is. And so, you know, I'm, my guess is that would be, a, you know, that's going to be a priority when it becomes time to, you know, to, to be able to extend him. Sebastián All, who is in that same group as well. So, I think that's the, you know, you have to you have to look at. here's what I will say in final on this kind of thing. I think you have to be careful about not falling in love with your players and extending them at a dollar and term that handcuffs you moving forward when you start to imagine then, okay, what happens when it comes time to sign Seth Jarvis long-term or uh, some of the other young players who are going to come up and make uh, try and make room for themselves on the everyday roster. So I think that's the great balancing act. But, um, you know, again, it's it's a, it's a an enviable position to be in to have such cornerstone pieces who are still under your control for the most part for at least the next year. Um, and, but it is, that's the challenge of the cap world. and And, you know, there will be hard decisions to make. And I think that's probably a good thing to have too where you may have to reluctantly let go of players who've been important parts of the team um, to make your team, uh, you know, competitive year in year out moving forward.
0: Yeah, that, that's the salary cap world now. I mean, you are going to lose somebody who's been on the team for a while, one way or the other. Uh, but you, you covered the playoffs this year. You went you went up north and and followed Minnesota around for the first round for a bit, Scott. It's Scott Burnside joining us here on Kane's Casty. He's like the Billy Preston to our Beatles. Uh, He's the, the the third official, unofficial co-host here of Kane's Cast this year. What was your overall takeaway as we head to the Stanley Cup Final of how this playoff played out? Because goals were up, weird things happened everywhere. You know, the, this run that the Florida Panthers are on has been incredible. What what's been the thing that stood out to you so far in this, this postseason?
2: Yeah, well, I think you know part of it is the you know the role that injuries play in 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 the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, you know, having spent some time with the Minnesota Wild and losing Joel Eriksson, uh, who played I think 19 seconds in that series after blocking a shot late in the regular season. So, you know, that, that when you lose a critical piece, and I again, it's not a it's, it's not a, an excuse, but it is the reality, right? I mean, that was that. In a close six-game series, um, the absence of Joel Eriksson was pronounced, just as the absence of Andrei Spechnikov. Yep. And I don't, and well, with all due respect to egg, I don't really count him because he, he played five games. So I don't. Yes, it would have been nice to have him healthy, but I don't even really count him. But in the same way that the Kane missed Andrei Spechnikov, those are realities, and sometimes you have an injury. Um, again, against good teams that make it difficult to overcome them. And I, I guess the other thing that stands out for me um, is the old cliche, you know, all you have to do is get in the playoffs and really anything is possible. And I think it really is goes back to this notion about having a real honest belief or assessment of your own team and what, you need to do to improve it, and what has to happen to you to be successful. And you know, listen, would Chris Dury do anything different as the GM of the New York Rangers? Brings in on uh, um, Vladimir Tarasenko and Patrick Kane, uh, Tyler Mott. Um, it never really came together for the New York Rangers. Um, you know, even a guy like Timo Meyer. Um, you know, in Carolina. You know, was among the number of teams in a discussion about. Could you bring in Timo Meyer from San Jose at the trade deadline? New Jersey came together with a package that brought Timo Meyer in. He took a terrific hit from Jacob Trubo, something Kane fans are familiar with um, You know, late in that first round, and it probably blunted his um, effectiveness against Carolina in the second round. But you know, at the end of the day, that was a lot to give up for a player who probably didn't have the impact that New Jersey hoped he would um, at the trade deadline, and Boston makes a series of moves: Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, Orlov from Washington, and Darnett Hathaway. And, and they're, you know, after the best regular season ever, they're gone in seven games. So I guess the point is that you have to really look at your team and say, okay, what, what do we, what, where do we lack, and can we fill that kind of hole? And it's not just the trade deadline; that's the question you have to ask yourself in the offseason. Um and I think that's the when I look at the teams that have had success in the playoffs this playoff year, it's the teams that really did more tinkering, if I use that word again, than making the, the bold I use my air quotes here, the bold you know, move, right? I mean Florida made its big move last off season, but in terms of in season moves, um teams that have had success it were relative it was more understated and and and, the, and, and those kinds of changes I think um ended up paying huge dividends for those teams that that certainly are still playing and even the teams that made it to the final four.
1: Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Scott, when you said, you know, it's not really about the moves to me. The number one thing is health and look at the two teams that are still involved. Vegas and Florida have not had a major piece leave a game. They, they've remained healthy throughout the playoffs and, you have to have that. That's, it's almost the war of attrition of who makes it to the end the healthiest because you're going to have the most success with your best players on the ice, obviously. Um, but I agree. Sometimes it's it's just that tinkering part, the major things that can go go on. But, I mean, every team evaluates. The Carolina Hurricanes are no different than any of the other 28 teams and soon to be, you know, the final team who loses to reevaluate their team and say, what do we need to win because there's only one winner i think a lot of people forget that like the carolina hurricanes are the angriest team in the league right now because they lost there are a lot of angry teams in the league looking to reorganize tinker major overhauls in a
0: lot of these organizations and have still no window to get into the playoffs yeah. next year well exactly and like there, there's dallas that they have this old core and this young core what are they going to do but yeah i'm, I'm interested to get to your your answer to this one here scott
1: so, I, you know, I think when we get to the summer, Scott, where are you going? Are you only going with goal scoring? What are you looking at? Do you bring back everything and just a character guy? Um, How about
0: the goalies too? The both, goalies in the postseason, yeah. both of them acquitted themselves well. I mean, we're both, putting you and Donwade both played office.
1: excellent. off signed to a four-year deal. What do you do, Scott?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's fascinating. And again, no, it's a good thing because you have there are lots of options, and and there are important. So like, I mean, the goaltending is fascinating. I I do think it's it, you know it's probably time, um, to you know okay so let's you're going to run Kozhevnikov out in some fashion with the big club. He's twenty three. He's had enough of the taste. You know that he has the the proper tools, but I think it's also it's time now for him to you know not just be a guy who you know gets called up and plays some, you know, he's played stretches of game. um, But that's a different mindset than saying, okay, we're going to break camp. Uh, Yotar is going to be one of our two guys. um, And, 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 and we'll see how he responds to that. Because I I think it's fair to say there's been some ebb and flow to his game when we've seen him uh, at the NHL level, um, and now I think it's time for him to be there all the time and to have the regular coaching and, and and to see what he brings to the table as a regular NHL. So then you decide, well, you know, can you afford, um, with both onto Ronta and, and, um, uh, Frederick Anderson as, uh, as UFA are at the end of their deal, what is the, what's their market value? They're both in there, you know, Freddie Anderson, 33, Ronta is 34, um, I think it's fair to say that probably Anderson would command more on the open market than Ante Ranta, uh, although both as you point out might both play very well um, at at very, at various times during the playoffs and during the regular season. So, you know, my guess is that one of those guys would return as a veteran presence, and then you know, you see whether Piotr Kochetkov can emerge as the guy who becomes your your number one guy. Carolina sort of bucked that trend in the playoffs by, um, by you know, being able to rely both on Freddie Anderson and on Ron to, to deliver quality performances. Um, that doesn't, you know, that's not, you know, that that's not the book on how to win a Stanley Cup. You know, the book is you get a guy like Andre Vasilevsky um, you know, or Sergei Bobrovsky, as it's turned out, since he came on midway through that Boston series and, and carry the water. Um, but maybe you can, maybe, you know, Aiden Hill's maybe winning a Stanley Cup for Vegas after coming on in relief of Laurent Bravois. And they've had five goalies who played in Vegas this year. So, um, But I think that's a real, you know, that's going to be the key, um, you know, sort of narrative moving into next season, assuming Coachekov's on the everyday roster. What's he, what does he show as in his first true, I use my air quotes again here, first NHL season for him in goal? and and then, I think it is about well, do you you know what do you do in terms of maybe beefing up some offense up front um again, i sometimes it's hard to to you know, pay for free agency scoring and finding the right fit um but i I don't know that it needs to be a you know i saw lots of people talk oh let's you know trade for mitch Marner and i I don't know that those are the kinds of things. To me, those those are the kinds of moves that, while they are exciting to talk about, I, I don't know that you you know that there's there's that much upside to doing something like that. Giving the cost of what you would give up from an, a, a roster that you know um, is uh, you know operates at a very high level. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, are you looking for a big off season? I, my guess is it might be a little bit more understated this off season you know, given, again, the perspective of time, given how successful this season really was.
0: First off, you kind of addressed it with free agency. It's a hard road to go. And if you take a look at the free agent list right now, and these guys, it's as of today, we don't know how many are going to hit the open market come July 1st, but it is not a bounty. (laughs) There's, it's not going to be, oh, sign this guy and you win the Stanley Cup, where sometimes you have that idea. Uh, I do think that the big moves that are made are in the off season. That's when you build your team. If you're, if you're doing all this retooling at the trade deadline, I mean, I know Toronto won a series and they threw a parade down Dundas or was it young? You tell me Scotty. Uh, But whatever that, whatever that was, you can only make so many tweaks and changes. I, I honestly look at, at this team and they're not that far away. They need a piece or a few things that are missing, maybe a little bit more snarl, some grit. Definitely a goal scorer, you look at it. Uh, I think they've proven with goaltending. I trust whatever this organization wants to do with the goalies. Because go back five years ago, you know, when they bring in Peter Mrazek and then they, they claim Curtis McElhaney, who gets waived from, from Toronto. And, I mean, how did that work? And the answer was perfectly. And that gets you into a conference final. So... I trust whatever they want to do with goaltending. I don't think that there's a wrong decision with whatever they want to do with either Frederick Anderson or Auntie Ronta. Uh, I just don't think that this is – and you hit a huge, huge thing for me when people talk about trades. It's no one ever considers what you're sending in return when you talk about go get this guy. Well, that's why I always use the term hockey trade. because well, it, it work for both yeah. teams? But, it's not a heavy label on one side. All right, let's just let's just do this. Um we can all be Brad for a living right now, who we know is not afraid to trade big-name players, ask a guy who's playing in the Stanley Cup final and Matthew well, Kachuk. That cost him his job. Well, uh, not, that trade did not, the way his players that came back played cost is, him his job. That is, yes. But he got, at the time, people were like, oh my God, you got Jonathan Uberto and Mackenzie mm-hmm. and for a guy who wasn't coming back. So I, I Hoops think, didn't like the altitude. No, no, he did not. And he did not like the coaching. That was another Still little the dry air in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> there's an odd smell from all of the stampede. He didn't uh, like the stampede moving, moving on though. All right. Let's just use Mitch Marner as the test subject. If I'm going to trade Mitch Marner to the Carolina hurricanes, there's no way I walk out of that deal without one of your top four defensemen, and in this case, it won't be Brent Burns because he's 38 and they're going to want somebody younger. So are either of you going to... This isn't the throw-in. The starting point is Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin, if I'm asking on the Toronto side of things. One of those players. One of those players, not both, one. Yeah, And then we got to look up front because you've got to replace the goal scoring in the offensive playmaking ability. So now we're talking who? Marty Natchez? Seth Jarvis. All right, now you're giving two guys off of your roster. Now you're going to want a draft pick on top of that if you're Toronto. And, oh, by the way, you got to, A, make sure that Mitch Marner wants to play here. And, B, he's going to cost you a ton of money down the line, too. Was this, again, I'm a social media
1: guru here. Was this posted somewhere this week? Because I've been
0: fielding many texts on this guy. The actual question that I heard was William Nylander would you trade Jacob Slavin for William Nylander? And people were saying yes. And I'm like, no. no. So, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, I mean, for me, Scotty, you've, you've kind of laid it out and we're, this is a, always a good philosophical discussion to get into. But for me, I think it's, you can make one free agent signing to address, I think that getting grittier or heavier. That's a word that Don Waddell used. Uh, I have no problems getting heavier. Shane knows this by what I eat for breakfast. Uh, but on on the the offensive side, if you're going to improve up front, there's nothing in free agency that I look at and say, "Oh, that's gonna that's the goal score that you need." It, it's going to have to come from some kind of deal.
2: Yeah, well, and I think that's Caroline, Is you, know, you look at the history of uh, you know under Tom Dundon, and, and again, it's not again. This is a cap team, they're, and they're not afraid to make um, you know important moves. It, but a, a lot of what has been accomplished in terms of building this roster has been. And there's been an offer sheet. Well, there's been two if you can't be Aho and the Kokinami offer sheet. Um, but that's how you, both those players ended up with deals that kept them in, in or brought Kokinami to Carolina and kept Aho there. <clears throat> you know, the Brent Burns deal, that's a trade, right? I mean these are and again I, I go back to a conversation I had with Brent Burns about halfway through the season and he was very candid, I think, about talking about, you know, he'd been in San Jose a long time and, and the adjustment was maybe more pronounced than he had imagined. And so I, I guess, I, to me, Caroline is a team that, you know, if you're making a trade and maybe it's a restricted free agent for a team that doesn't feel they can sign whoever it is, uh, it, maybe it's a team that is, you know, sort of at the bottom end of their evolution in terms of rebuilding or, or getting better. So maybe you're able to find a, a, a restrictive free agent that doesn't really fit into a team's plans moving forward. Um, that you can bring in and not just bring in you know for the for one season, but then you know extend uh, as you see fit and and to, to build in cost certainty moving forward, which is so uh, such an important part of the, of building a team in the cap world. So you know that that would be my guess is that Carolina is a team that doesn't necessarily do a lot of free agent shopping. Uh, again, it's more. You know, filling in holes, I think, of Paul Stastny coming in. And, um, you know, the Nino Niederreiter goes out, Paul Stastny comes in, you know, at not great cost, both in terms of dollar and term. That's, to me, that's more likely where Carolina is going to do its free agent shopping. But for significant moves, my guess is you're maybe looking at more like a hockey trade. And it's a team that has done very well in drafting and developing. They have good assets in terms of their draft picks. Um, you know, in the in the cupboard. So, you know, do you use some of those assets to bring in a, uh, you know, an established NHL player who's a little bit younger, say, you know, in that early to mid-20s range to fill maybe some of those specific goals, whether it's providing offense, whether it's bringing in some, I hate the word toughness, but yeah, I, th- I think, you know, a little more snarl, a little more heaviness, you know, up front. Um, but those players are, you know, when you think about a guy like Barkley Goodrow and what he's accomplished in his career and, and also what, you know, he has cost both in terms of acquiring him from the teams that did uh, and in terms of his salary. Um, those kinds of assets are, they're hard to identify and everyone can say, well, I would, we would like to have Tom Wilson. Well, yes, I understand that. Uh, there aren't many players like a Tom Wilson. Um, and if you can find one and you can acquire one, you know, more power to you. I think more often than not, you're trying to draft and develop those kinds of players. But again, that's something that takes time. So it is, you know, it's a, there's no straight path to, oh, let's, you know, we've identified these couple of, of needs. Let's fill them with, you know, with these kinds of players. Well, it's not a straight line necessarily to do so.
1: That's what's impressed me the most, I think, <clears throat> about this organization top to bottom, starting with Tom Dundon and Don Waddell and, and their staff of the patience they have shown um, in studying the moves and doing the deals that they've done because it's never been a knee jerk reaction. And again, as a fan, again, you look at different moves they do and you get frustrated, then you're happy. And you get this is why we love sports, right? Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. It keeps you on the edge of your seat every summer, every. But the only thing you look at is the end goal. And this team is relevant each and every year to make a run for the Stanley Cup. Yep. So I think the trust from the fan base is there in this organization. And there's going to be some very difficult decisions, no doubt about it. I'm not sure how Don remains as calm as he is. Whenever I see him, he's so calm um, with some of the things that are going on. But it will be a long summer. It will be a tough summer. But again, full confidence in what this team will do if it's adding grit. Answer the man's question. What would you do? If it's adding a goal scorer. I mean, again, would I examine a hockey trade? Yes, but I am one of those guys, and more power to these guys that contracts are getting, but very wary of bringing on something that long-term will handcuff you at some point, because it will. If it's not one of my core guys that's already here. yeah. So, well, yeah, you know, yeah. I like a little bit of meat. Guys, I'll just throw out names that I like out there. I mean, guys that are out there that I like up front. I like Tyler Bertuzzi. A little piss and vinegar, if you will, yeah. with some scoring touch. Marcus Foligno, who's in Minnesota, is big and heavy, can play a hard game. A little bit of scoring touch. A little bit of scoring touch. And then the other guy, again, not sure what he's going to be looking for, but I think this is like a reach for a lot of teams that they went for him, would be our guy who we've talked about many times in Vladimir Tarasenko.
0: That's going to be interesting what he's going to ask. We'll get to that. Scotty, before we let you go, uh, it's been a month between the conference finals and the start of the Stanley Cup, at least it feels that way. (laughs) Florida or Vegas, who you got?
2: Uh, I already heard from my uh, friend Gary Lawless in Vegas. I just sent it out. But my, my own prediction, I got the Panthers in seven. I don't really – I just – well, maybe Team of Destiny, you know, to me, Bob Roski, you know, he just evens things out. Even though Aiden Hill's been really, really good for Vegas, I, I think Bob Roski, if he can keep playing the way he has played since uh, midway through that Boston series – um, yeah, I think it's going to be a heck of a final. I know a lot of people have been, you know, sort of dogging these teams in this final, blah blah blah. I think it should be compelling hockey. Both those teams are, you know, in some ways are playing with—I don't want to say house money. You look at me with the Vegas reference here, but you know, there's a certain amount of hey, you know, maybe you know, Vegas missed the playoffs last year. They made a coaching change. Florida, it, it, you know, I it, well-worn commentary, but. If Pittsburgh beats one of the worst teams in the NHL in Chicago in the last week of the regular season, we're, we're talking about something completely different. Florida doesn't make the playoffs yep. and yet. Here they are, four wins, a win away from winning their first ever cup, and so that to me, there's a certain way that they played. I got to tell you, I did not think Florida's defense could hold up the way they have against really quality opponents. Right? When you think of Boston, Toronto, and Carolina, man, there's some teams that could, you know, that can really bring it. Uh, and and they've handled uh, that back end. Florida Florida's handled uh, those teams, and, and I, I you know they must be playing with the you know absolute most confidence. Um, and Vegas is real good, but I think uh, I picked uh, Florida in seven. Why not? Wow. I, I'm, what do you guys think? What's your pick? I'm on. I'm on board
0: with Scotty. I think they get it done quicker. By the way, I think it's wow. Florida in six. Okay, well I'll I'll be the
1: guy in the room and take Vegas. Ever since I've talked about this a lot with different people, when Vegas came to Raleigh. They kind of took me back a little bit saying, I didn't realize these guys were this good. They're getting I think the goaltending from Aiden Hill that can match Bobrovsky. Um Look, they're getting no, wait a
0: minute, let's 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 walk that one back. Well <laughs> I don't know who on planet earth could match Bobrovsky right
1: now. <laughs> well, we haven't seen him in like a week. He'll probably that's, be bad. That's true. You know, yeah. He's been off too long. Exactly. Um but I'm gonna take Vegas. I think they're getting a lot of scoring from different areas. I like their defensive structure. Probably better than Florida.
0: There you go. Peter
1: Angelo's won it before.
0: All right, he is. Yep. Burnside on hockey. Go Google it. Go find it. Go read it. Scott, uh, always hate that this is the uh, podcast that sums up the year uh, when you're you're that close and don't win it. But we appreciate all that you've done for us this year. Thanks, and, and go enjoy the summer, my friend.
2: Brother, it's always been a treat to uh, hang out with you guys and uh, look forward to uh, many more conversations down the road. Thanks, Scotty. Thank you. Thank you. Right, boy.
1: Thanks, Scotty. Always great answers from a guy who's been around the league a very long time.
0: Yeah, he was embedded with Minnesota. Really was. He really was. I threw out one of their players at the end there. Yeah, I know. I like that. I actually do. I, I like that one a lot.
1: It'll be an interesting summer again.
0: Yeah, I've, I've I've people have questions. We will have the answers. Oh, we're going to Twitter. Yeah, we are. I I did look up. I have brought up the free agent chart. Oh, now mind you, most of these guys might never hit. The free agent right. market. Just and so what real- Mike
1: means there is, between now and July one, they can be signed by the team they finish the year with, if they want to extend them and up the ante.
0: Just throwing that out there. So, uh, but the free agents that I am actually concerned with right now are the Canes free agents. Um, before we, yeah, I think you gotta. I mean, you gotta take care of your own house before you go outside in the farm. So with that, there are going to be some questions. We do have questions. You know we got the answers. I know they're probably not right, but we'll give uh, you something. We'll give you we'll give you the answers as best as we possibly can, which is what we are very good with. I uh, want to make sure that we put these in the correct order. order. So, <laughs> the uh the questions, let's get to the free agent one right here. Okay. With the off season UFAs and upcoming expiring contracts after next season. This is from Casey Ditzel. Is has yep. listening to what you were saying? Yeah, something I asked Scotty. What moves make the most sense for the Canes this summer? Let's just kind of condense this to the Canes UFAs for right now. Okay. And Tom Dundon, I heard him say this the other day about being asked about Jordan Stahl and whatnot. You get that deal done. If the captain wants to be here, you find a way to get Jordan Stahl signed and a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. And I think everyone and even myself, you look at it and be like, oh, it's a tap-in, just
1: let's – High five and we'll see you later. I still respect the process from both sides. Yes. From both sides. Jordan Stahl's stance and the organizational stance of, again, remember, all of these signings, don't forget about the salary cap. And when you look at long-term deals and you look at organizations that are in trouble, right? They've thrown
0: a lot of money for a long time. Yep. That hurts your depth, if you will. So, when you have 45% of your salary and four players. Stop talking about your favorite team. Not talking about my favorite team. <laughs> Bringing that one out there. Hey. They like got a new GM. Hey, they they won a playoff series for the first they time did. since you and I were teenagers, That feels like. They did. So.
1: But, but I think that, again, you take care of your own closets, if you will. Right. Um you talk about Jordan Stahl, another guy, Jesper Fast, what a playoff run he had for this team and big goals he scored. Right. When you talk about depth and quality, um, when you kind of look at some of the guys that are they were here as key pieces to this
0: team, you look at Stasny, you look at Stepan, Gosses Bear. Jesper Fast is the guy who I look at. If if people want pecking orders, which is hard to do, for me it's it's Stahl, Jesper Fast are one and two in the, mm-hmm. the pecking order of UFAs for this team. Mm-hmm. Up front, the goaltending thing is a complete... And we talked about it with Scott. And I don't want to sit here and go, yay, I trust everything completely. But this organization has been right with goaltending. They have. Yeah. So if they feel that you know the deal is right for Frederick Anderson or for Auntie Ronta, because or maybe because, and we'll get into this, there's going to be a weird season as far as having an AHL, not having an AHL tie, uh, that... You might carry three goalies this year. Not ideal, but... Yeah, that's another situation that's an hour <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, but if you carry three, can you run it Can you run it back with the same? But then you get into a question of nobody... If you're Frederick Anderson and Antti Ronton, remember, in Shane, this is where from your player's perspective, we can talk about the team, but if you're a player, you got to cash in while you can. So yeah. I've never faulted a player for taking a deal someplace else if it's Correct. better term. Or we see them all the
1: time. I'll get a text July 1st, mid-afternoon, with a what? Yeah. Because everyone's going, what did they just give that guy? Right. And now it's not even the dollar. You look at an eight-, nine-year deal. I mean, look out and you're six-, seven-, eight of those things. You got to look at guys' ages and what they bring to the table right. and, and where they fit into your process – Long-term, I think that's that's the hardest part. Everyone's like, oh, get that guy, get that guy. Well, how do you fit all that in eventually? Right. Thank you. Thank you. Because as besides the UFAs that you put in a pecking order, Sebastian Ajo, one more year. Jacob Slavin, one more year. Brady Shea, Brett Pesci. Slavo's got two. Slavo's got two, sorry.
0: Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, one. Yep. So those guys are going to be up after next year. Also, and I know it's only one year, but Jalen Chatfield... Do you get him to an earlier right? Something this deal. team looks
1: at because of the youthfulness and how he played in Jalen Chatfield. Can you get him at a lower number now, but maybe longer term? Longer term exactly. Also known as the Kokaniemi deal, that saves you in the long run. I mean, it's this will be a busy summer for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, and. Those one-year deals? Manage all those pieces, people, in your armchair at home. Yeah, there's, there's And remember, none of it affects you when you make the
0: choice. And so. try and try to guess what the salary cap is going to go up to. It's going to go up a million this year, but then is it going to go five? Is it going to go two? According to national people who are supposed to grow the game, the fact that it was Carolina and Florida, uh, it's actually going to go minus 38. <laughs> what a joke. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm supposed to grow the game, but no. That's funny. Nobody's going to watch that. Uh, meanwhile... Game one of the Canes and Panthers was the most most watched playoff game.
1: It was on the right network, is
0: why. Uh, that's that's, <laughs> not, that's <laughs> for another day. Whoa, hey. Shots fired! Whoa. Whoa! Hey now! Hey now! Hey now! They All right, back to okay, <laughs> back to back to the questions. Uh, thank you for that, Casey. Thanks for starting us off with that. So, Richie Stevens, is there a piece missing to get us further, or do we just need to cont- continue to develop the players we have? I think we we addressed that with Scott, Richie, but the obvious one is is a goal scorer. It's been addressed by everybody. Right.
1: But are we having that conversation if Svechnikov is in, is Pacioretty in? Are we having this conversation? Because the Canes had the two pieces that answer that question right there, but they were not able to leave the press box. Right? So... Svechnikov comes back in next year for sure. I'm unsure about Max Pacioretty. But, yeah, if if there's no Pacioretty next season because of injury or he moved, whatever that might be, I would also love to see another goal scorer. You know, I mentioned with Scotty and, and Vladimir Tarasenko, someone this team has talked about for a very long time. Right. Who finished here in New York. Do they have an – again, when you talk about cap space, they have a couple big names that they need to get under contract. Is he willing to stay maybe for a lower amount? Is he willing to move? I mean – There's a lot of pieces out there. But, again, if you don't – if you
0: Swetchinkov is for sure back in the lineup. Yes, I would like to see another Snipes. Uh, This from Brendan Kennedy. Don Waddell mentioned the team needs to get heavier. Do you see someone like Tom Wilson as a player of interest or going the UFA route and pursuing Rad Kogutis? Thanks, guys.
1: (laughs) No on Tom Wilson. I don't think he's available. He's – one thing that now, again, respect him as a player and what he does for the Washington Capitals – some of the injuries he's had these past couple of seasons make me a little bit more nervous about how he can continue to play that way. Radko Gugas is an interesting piece. Um, I love his physicality. I like what I. Is he the right guy? But no, I like that type of player on our back end, right? Yeah. Aka Tim Gleason back in the day. Yeah. Right. That's something that the the Canes can look at. There's not many out there, like. Radko, is Orlov a free agent? Yes, Dimitri Orlov. Dimitri Orlov, who finished here in Boston. Um, I would assume they try and lock him up. But another type of those, as you mentioned, sandpaper, gritty type, heavy guy on the defensive end. I do like that play as well.
0: Yeah, although he's not very big, 5'11", but he's the guy who plays bigger than 5'11". Radko is 5'11"? no, no. I was going with Dimitri Orlov. Oh, yes. Sorry. He plays mean, though. He does play mean. Radko, his beard is 5'11". True. So, you get lost in that thing. It, it's him and Burns on the same uh, back his is end. is thick. The only thing when we talk about players fitting in, for Gutis, I don't think it's a question of would he fit in with this group because you talk to people about him, and off the ice, they're like, you yeah, know, sweetheart of a guy on the ice, he's what you see. But can he play that the way that the Canes mm-hmm. play? Like, that's something else you have to take into – account Um, and he was he was effective and and that's one of the things that you can look back on the the Florida series did you Scott Burnside talked about it nobody not Boston not Toronto not Carolina seemed to exploit what was the weakness of the Florida Panthers which was their their blue line and some guys who quote unquote can't keep up with the pace of the game anymore well they found a way to do it yeah so uh, this is from tomorrow Spelled T-I-M. How would keeping all three goaltenders ever work, and is that really a possibility for us? What would that look like? And please, Mike, if you see Tevo, tell him I said hi, and I hope he has a good summer. Uh, I'll do my best. Also, Mike, have a great summer as well. You too, Shane. Thank you. Tomorrow. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Um, no, it's not an ideal situation.
1: No. I'm going to say it doesn't happen. I'm going to go flatline, no thank you, not going to work. Have a nice day. I'm... Um, and another reason for this is something we've just talked about a lot. And remember this part. That is dead money when they're sitting in the press box and you have three goalies, right? Because you look at what Freddie Anderson makes, what Kochekov's going to make, and what Auntie Ranta would want to be signed to. To me, that is burnt dead money. So no, I don't play that card.
0: Right. Uh, that's the tough thing, though, and we've, just scratched it, and like you said, we can do an hour on it. But uh, Kerry, Caniac C, wants to know, Guys, thank you for your insights this year. Can you please speak to what type of options are for Kane's prospects if we don't have one AHL affiliation next year? <laughs> so this this becomes interesting. Uh, Don Waddell addressed this. The European players can go back and play in Europe for their teams over there that they have a contract with, and I'm sure that the European teams wouldn't mind that too much. You can work that deal out. You then... Try to strike a deal with another team. You've been a part of this, haven't you? Yes. Where uh, an AHL yes. club was. a Couple times. It's not ideal.
1: In fact, I had no issues with it. Really, as a player, really zero. And the coach was from the other team.
0: Really? Yeah. I figured that that would create some kind of no. issue, some kind of problem.
1: Yeah. Both both teams I did on it in Springfield, we shared. Tampa was with Arizona, um, and then in Hershey, Tampa was with Colorado. Never had an issue. All right, so good group of guys. Everyone hung out.
0: Yeah, that's what you can do. You can you can split a team, or you. But can, the hard part with that
1: is because at this moment every team has their own. Right. For some team to
0: take a step back and be like, okay, we'll go half of as many prospects. So I don't know if you're going to be able to go halves. That becomes uh, a question above our pay grade, but I can assure you that the Hurricanes are looking at every single possibility. My question would be is what does that do during the season? Now, this is a team that's, Shane, carried 21 players during the course of the regular season. This might be a year you carry 23 just because you have an extra things that you need to do. Kerry, good question. Thank you for that. Clip uh, Keniemi wants to know, who are y'all's top trade targets this offseason? Y'all. Lots of, been lots of rumors the past few days about Mitch Marner. Clayton Keller fits our needs after his dad his dad's tweet, maybe he's looking for an exit. You go after one of them, someone who, else. I go who after who wouldn't be looking for. An agent I go from after Apple's. Connor McDavid. Let's <laughs>
1: make a deal. Let's call Edmonton.
0: <laughs> and if they say no, how about Leon Draisaitl? Huh? Be a great ad. Who says no?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Toronto's the easy. Again, when you look at media, the hockey world is always looking at Toronto. It's like, oh, what's the new GM going to do? Yeah.
0: To me, if that's his first move, whew. well, if that's his first move. You better hit a home run, and you better get who we talked about earlier with Scott Burnside if you're talking about Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. I mean,
1: I don't think – I mean, the Canes are always going to explore a hockey trade. I don't think it's – I mean, at that level. No. I just don't see it.
0: I mean, I'm intrigued by it because everyone's talking about it, but I just don't see it. So Toronto fits in that mold of teams that are in some salary cap – problems Mm -hmm. where you can get players but they're these are young players these are players who are in their prime entering their prime Mm -hmm. so this isn't going to be where you get max patch for free from vegas because they were up against it and needed to get rid of the salary right Um, i think the question you have to ask yourself is that truly
1: what this organization needs to do that is the not only next year long term
0: that is the correct but if you can get a, If we had those type of answers, we'd be pretty wealthy. If you could get the young sniper, that it doesn't cost you anything. Mm. Now, you're setting yourself up. Who, like you said,
1: needs a new home, needs a new system that catches fire.
0: A lot of options out there. Don't there, get stuck in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. There's... there. If this Hurricanes team in this front office has shown us anything... Well, you and I talked about the article
1: that was out the other day because the Carolina Hurricanes, you know was the whole talk with Winnipeg cuz is Winnipeg going to totally restructure and get rid of their goaltender and some of their big name guys up front too and they talked about would the Carolina Hurricanes be a fit you can you know google search that one and, and give your own thoughts but you and I discussed that over a coffee the other day
0: and we did and we'll probably discuss it over a coffee again maybe over the round of golf probably Blake West fans always talk about a team's window What do you think this team's window is? Boy, we've hit a lot of these early (laughs) in the show. I know. And what needs to... Here's the the better part to it. What needs to happen to ensure that that window stays open for as long as possible? Yeah, how do you put the screws in the sides so it doesn't come back down? (laughs) So, (laughs) you've hit on it. It is not going down that knee-jerk reaction of adding something that handcuffs you to the younger core members that keep this rolling Mm. in the future. So, for me... It's locking up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Your young Lock the window at the top. It never closes. Exactly. There you go. Uh, Put the two-by-four in there. Yeah. (laughs) Who cares? Yeah. I don't care about the aesthetics. Let's keep it (laughs) open. But you lock up your core players to deals that allow you to add those pieces that you need to when they become available. So, you know, if you get a deal done with Sebastian Ajo right now, and I believe his agent is the same uh, agent as, as Braden Point down in Tampa. If you look at Point's contract, if you can get a, a similar deal there, okay, all right, now you're talking. But you, you have to lock up your core to deals that allow the team to go out and add a Brent Burns where you can take on that salary or add a Max Pacioretty in in. Say, we're going to go future considerations, wink, and mm-hmm. we're just going to take 100% of a $7 million contract off your hands. But that means Ajo, Jarvis, Natchez, if you're extending Slavin. them, Slavin, Pesci, um, if you're extending Shea, if you're extending them, it's to deals that right. give you room to add those other pieces. If you
1: look around the league, and it's again, I'll just name the two teams. When you look at Toronto, and you look at Edmonton. When teams are going over $10 million into $11, $12 million for guys, it is painful as you go down the list of the other guys you have on your team. It just is. And, again, I'll clap the guy on the back, on high five him on the way by two. Great job. Great getting that deal. Right? Will you ever win a cup like that? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been
0: very close. So what's your, what's your idea of close? because that's my thing. well in the finals is close in yeah. <laughs> the conference final is closer than second round. Oh uh, yeah true true that. <clears throat> I just try to keep it real try to try to speak the truth when I can here on Kane's cast. Uh, this question from uh, we'll save Lee Taft Zach Martin wants to know we've kind of gotten to this thoughts on the Eastern Conference final as a whole. sucked. <laughs> no, it, it, it didn't. It did because we lost.
1: But I mean, it, again, four. What I would call again, great hockey games.
0: That that game won. you know, I had a fan go that, the, the whole marathon. Thing, that whole thing sucked. I'm like, did it really? Did did the goals that the the Kane scored that was terrible. Freddie Anderson's huge saves to extend overtime. I mean, the loss, the loss sucks. The yeah. whole game doesn't suck, right?
1: And I think. Um, I'm going to butcher his name if I try and say it. The Milwaukee basketball player you and I talked about. Oh, the Giannis. Time. When Giannis was asked after his. Yeah, just go first, name. Yeah, Giannis. Is this year a failure? That's just not the right worded question. Like, again, you have to look at those games and how they could have gone the other way. You didn't win a championship, sure. But you can't,
0: that word can't be used through this entire playoff run. No, or. or if somebody wants to say that's a collapse, it's it's not. You've lost by one goal, four right. straight games. One game, you can lose with 4.7 seconds left, and in that game, you lose Stefan Nason to a dislocated shoulder and Jacob Slavin to, I mean, it's a vicious hit from Sam Bennett. Yeah. But if we can... If Keep it in tracks. We're gonna, but if we're going to be honest here, if you don't like that Sam Bennett hit, then you you hated the Andre Svechnikov hit on Hampus Lindholm last year in the playoffs. Correct agree with that statement. That's awesome. The only, the, again, the
1: bad part and the unfortunate part is that Sam Bennett's helmet hit Jacob Slavin in the face. The side of his helmet as he turned to use his shoulder.
0: And that's not intentional. No. that's If you hit somebody, your body turns. Yeah. That's it how happens.
1: I smashed my nose my first year pro. Oh. Someone's helmet hit me right in the face.
0: You didn't have a visor on? Nope. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, we turned pro. We think we're cool. We'll take it off. Eye <laughs> shields, baby. Eye shields. Uh, Caswell Kenyak, I'm curious to know how cycling non-traditional lines will work. For example, when Slavin went out in game four versus Florida, we we rotated five D-men. Likewise, Mason goes out 11 forwards. Perhaps Shane can elaborate. I tried studying line combos, but it was happening fast and hard to follow. Huh? Do what? Meaning cycling non traditional lines. Basically when you double shift a guy when you have eleven forwards or yeah. when you got to rotate five D. It's that's where your coaches well, guys who run the bench. That's where Jeff Daniels, that's where Tim yeah. Gleason comes in. You see into that play. during
1: the year when they're making little shifts and line adjustments, right? Um it's not a matchup thing. It's trying to get as many guys together as you can to get rolling. Um, which again, in that last game, Jesper Foss scores to tie it. I have a great pass from Martinuk and you're like, we're going overtime and then you know. So we, mad. So mad I didn't agree no, with that call. A, but it's a great call. Yeah. So lost <laughs> lost to the sands Jeez. of time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. Let him go to overtime and settle it. Let the two teams settle it, not you. I don't even know who's reffing.
0: But I respect him. I can it's, it's I, I stand. If you by pull this. out the
1: rule book, it says tripping, yes.
0: Yep. That's what it was. But come on. Although, if you've ever seen the movie Youngblood, there's three seconds left in the game, Hannah. Come on. It's okay. We're past it. All right. You better? I'm okay. So, did you answer the question about cycling lines? He thought that you could give a little bit more insight into it.
1: I mean, it's all feel. There's no, you know, only the three centermen rotate through. I mean, that was more than just a one guy missing, right? But at that point, you're trying anything. You're kinda of looking down and see who's not hunched over
0: puffing. But you also have a feeling when you're behind the bench of who's going. Yes. So that can be all right. Just for example, we'll use Tavo Teravainen played his best game in the playoffs in, in game four. Yeah. Against against Florida. That's one of those things where After he scored. After you looking at it and you're going, Okay, I gotta get him on the ice again. Yeah. So Right. That's I mean to me that's that's the
1: easiest one as a coach. Rod may disagree with me, but when you see one of your goal scorers score, and I'm just going back to my own experience, if I scored a goal in the first period, I was on. Give me it's like babies, there. get me out as many times as you can, right? Penalties kill the game if you're getting shorthanded, but obviously now the game is, again, back to where the table is killing penalties, so you can feel that as a coach. Right now, the other port is, like, how do you energize guys like Jordan Martin, who has his legs all the time going, right? Where do they fit in? But you're not looking to match the other side. It's like you're looking who's the most ready. You can tell yeah, who the guy's sitting there, right? So it's all about feel and um,
0: things that are happening in the game. Of course, the position does matter. Like if you lose a centerman, yeah. you got to slide either somebody over. Right, you're or, not going to just slide anyone into, hey, go
1: take the face off in defensive zone.
0: Right, uh, versus a winger. So, I mean, there's, there's, it's not just one thing into it, but there's, there's a bunch. Uh, Paul Lawson wants to know. The number 90. Our good friend, the man from Scotland. When y'all come in golfing in Scotland, hack and whack on a real Lynx course. <laughs> I would See, love to. I, I think a Lynx course would be perfect for me. Can't lose a ball in the trees when there are no trees to lose them. Into. Yeah, but you've seen the hay? You can't get out of that hay. Still got a little old man strength in me. <laughs> Plus, I'm not like you. If you find it. Plus, I'm not like you. I'm not going to try to... Take a five iron and muscle it out there. I'll take my wedge and chip it. I back wouldn't. Well, the good way. part
1: about well, uh, maybe Paul will have to answer this question for us. Are there snakes over there?
0: In that hay? No, my uh, no snakes. Saint Patrick drove them all out of a sk- uh, lot of Ireland okay. and northern uh, England. That's right. the one thing around here you got to watch going into the high hay slash. That's why. That's why head. when I hit a golf ball and people are like, we're, I'm like, why are you looking for it? That's why I bring two dozen. Yeah,
1: I wander and look for anything. Yes, you do. You're not more afraid than our good friend Emil Hardman.
0: Oh, I know. Well, he's from. What Vermont? He's scared of snakes. Yeah. I'm not. See, I love snakes. I just don't want to. I don't bit love by them. I just don't want to get bit by one. No, I, I am, I, I'm cool with the reptile kingdom. I'm not. Caleb Herrera, who's your pick to win it all? Vegas or Florida? We've already gone over this one a little bit. Yes. Uh, Vegas has got incredible depth, but Bob's on a different planet right now. Man. And really enjoyed they, you guys. Did they get this an season.
1: early episode of this? They said the exact same thing no, as they we did. Might
0: have. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're. Sometimes we know what we're talking about. You
1: guys know who's going to win the basketball game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do something responsibly. Shane R. <laughs>
0: Willis, if you can. Uh, a bunch of you have asked us, and we'd like to thank all of you for asking. Plans for the summer, favorite summertime activity? Golf. We're going to golf. We're going to golf. June is a little bit of a
1: more of a rest month for me and my department as we ramp up for summer camps. Obviously, the first goal, a learn to play program. We're about to outfit. Another seven hundred plus kids next week when our good friends from pure hockey come down. So it's gonna be another exciting summer of youth hockey and it's amazing how it flies by and then hopefully in August get a, a little bit of time to kind of break away um with the kids. My daughter's going to college. You
0: gotta no. get yeah, you gotta get that set up. Got not sure how that works. Oh, I'll <laughs> I'll help you. Appreciate I, see, I went to university. That's did you pass me your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good good bad thing that perhaps gambling is going to be legal here. <laughs> Mobile.
1: Yeah, if I ever text my daughter and say, uh, you're going to need to come home?" <laughs>
0: or or "How's the quarterback look at practice for your <laughs> yeah. university?"
1: Well, Wilmington doesn't have one. Oh. No football
0: team. They do have a basketball team. I know that. I I I, I travel a lot with my cuz I don't see my wife that much during the regular season. I love how you travel all year, and then you're gonna keep the traveling going. I just I have to. You gotta stay in a rhythm. Once you get out of it, sorry,
1: babe. I miss the hotel beds. Can we go stay in the Marriott?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I heard the Red Roof Inn has got new comforters. I
0: truly, truly miss walking a mile and a half, getting a cup of coffee somewhere.
1: Can we ride the bus? <laughs> Can we go to this place called the Aqueduct? Shane and I found. On the island,
0: uh, Brooklyn. Uh, got a got a horse name. What was the? Had a hockey name. It Didn't win. Definitely didn't I win. I think it's still running. To be honest <laughs> with you, uh, uh, a lot of people.
1: Two for to... something. It was like two for cross checking or something. Yeah,
0: something like that. Or yeah. two for tripping. Two for tripping. Something like that. Tripped all over himself. Oh yes, <laughs> he did. Sometimes it's out there. Uh, just wanted. This is from Kevin Swink. Just wanted to send an appreciation for all the hard and amazing work that uh, you and Shane do this week and all year. Chemistry—it's talked a lot about in sports, but uh, for my money, Mike, you've got chemistry with everyone. Oh, oh. thank, thank you. you. Makes me feel good. Kevin, appreciate that. Uh, Tina Izzo, just a simple thank you to the both of you and everyone involved in helping make this a great season. Ended sooner than we wanted, but still filled with extra special memories. Always proud of the team. Future is bright. Emma says she misses you both. We miss Emma as well. We do. Uh, I was waiting for this one. Echo ruin. If a player uses a stick to hold a goalie's leg while another player comes and jams the puck through, is that considered goalie interference? Asking for a friend who wants to try this next season. In my world, yes. Yes. But with 4.7 seconds left yes. in the third period. but I'm I- assuming
1: the refs are not that good in your league and there's probably no video
0: review. So go for it. He may get to get away from it. I I want to be very careful here because one, nobody knows what goaltender interference is anymore. Just you don't. Yeah. When when they say we're gonna go for the review, it can look obvious. You can know that this should come back and it doesn't. But I also will just let me say this. That's not it's the reason why the game ended, but it's not why the series was over. Correct. If that's fair. Uh Kim. Wants to know why did Ted Lasso remind me of the Carolina Hurricanes this season? Because you believe it's a group of guys who come together to achieve a goal. And if you watch the last episode of Ted Lasso, you don't watch Ted Lasso, do you? No, you should.
1: I've been told to. You should, but I just don't. I just go to sleep.
0: It's you can binge it, but like I go home, it's on Apple <coughs> TV. Do
1: some dinner and hang out, and I really go to bed.
0: Shut it down. <laughs> it's because you're up at like four forty-five. Great time of day. I don't know if you don't know if you heard. I did over over two hundred. Over two hundred. Oh, my bicep is burning. Uh, it's it's part of that. By the way, the uh, I can't do it because it'd be a spoiler in the last episode just aired yesterday. Oh yeah, don't tell me. So I won't do. No, I won't do anything. Um, and then we have Lee Taft who wants to know. You can't answer this, so I have to answer this. Mm. What is the uh, best moment from Ted Lasso? For me, see, it's a moment is tough when you because it's a really good show. Fav- favorite single moment from Ted Lasso. You got to watch it. But in the first season, there's a, a great dart scene where the old owner of the team, and he's kind of the bad guy in the series, is trying to set up Ted, and Ted's playing the Rube from, you know, middle America. And and there's two parts of it. I'll go to the end. doesn't ruin anything because it's a couple of seasons ago. That Lasso wins the dart match against him for something. But when he's throwing darts and it's all oh, he goes, Oh, this is weird. He goes, What's that pool game you guys have? Sounds like a cookie. He's like, Snooker. Yeah, that's it. Snooker. <laughs> yeah. So the guy pulls out, he goes, Oh, well, why don't we play? We'll bet this and this and darts. And like, well, and the bad guy pulls out like his own set of darts. He goes, Oh, those look handsome. And he's throwing Lasso's throwing right-handed. He goes, Oh, I forgot. I'm left-handed. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> So that moment's up there, but, I mean, anything with Roy Kent. Uh, And I think my friend, John Stevens, wants to say no question, just thanks for another great season of memories. Mm. I hope fans maintain perspective at how successful this franchise has been the last five years. And and, uh, will continue to be. That's (coughs) a favorite Ted Lasso quote that describes this Kane season. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. There's a ton. We do have it. I want to find it. Here you go. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Jack from DC Canes fan. Canes will give extensions to both Aho and Natchez this offseason. That's an interesting one. I'm going to, and you can disagree with me, Shane, on this. I'm going to send it back because one of them is an unrestricted free agent at the end of next year. One of them is a restricted free agent. So you're saying time is on their side with that player? With that player. <coughs> yeah so I the think unrestricted th- free agent is Sebastian Ahl.
1: Sure. I think that one is the tap-in one. I think the other one is more of the studying because one, which we never hear this, is what is the initial asking price or number from Marty Natchez's agent? Right. And that really sets the tone of discussions or is it a media of like, we gotta explore this right, so that's kind of the behind the scenes thing of how strong do they come in gunning saying, we'd like uh Mitch Marner money, ten million right, and, and we're like, like, oh yeah, oh, okay, nice. we'll see it, we'll see if we can get him out of here like that's that's the hard part, but I agree with you, I think one, yes, two, you have time and patience on your side.
0: and so that's why I send it back because it's they're I'll two, send it back as well it's it's two different, it's two different situations mm-hmm. so but. Do you strike on a player like Natius right now, kind of like what they did with for a great and- regular season, and try to extend him for sure. a long time? So, But okay, again, so- from
1: his perspective, now he's going to hold out. You know, I did a bridge deal this year. I, you know, proved myself. Yeah. Do I want
0: to sign for longer for less? That right. That becomes the question. Right. So, again, going to be an interesting offseason. Always is. It'll be fun. Again, that's why we love sports. So I have one for you. Way to end it. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Next year at this time, you and I are still doing this podcast, but the Canes are still playing hockey. I'm going to take it. Why wouldn't
1: I take that? I just don't. This team is always trending in the right direction. Um, The expectations of what this coach puts in front of his players and how they meet them for five years in a row, thats a... You got to take it, right? I take it. The reasonable betting odds would have been like
0: not even good numbers on that. Take that. Yeah. All the way through. All the way. Wilbur, I have so much fun doing this podcast with you. We'll keep her going through the summer. We will. So, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Funny stuff. What'd you do do last week? There's (laughs) there's always... We'll have to bring in guests. We will, but there's always some hockey questions that get asked about how the game has changed, playing heavier how this has changed free agency there's always something for us to talk about plus you get to let people know although it's all sold out right all of the learn to play programs
1: basically yes i mean there are still some spots to our great listeners down in wilmington um and charlotte uh the bojang arena locally yes so
0: we'll talk about that find out yeah and we'll find out how your golf game is it's going to get better. constantly tell you, it, it won't. I'm going to grind. You are what you are. You're getting older now, Shane. Yeah, i got to get to stretching. It doesn't get better. It just gets worse. Come on. You have to embrace the old man golf now. <laughs> just bunt it down the middle. That's it. That's what I'm going to try to do today.
1: I'm going to buy one of those stupid clubs on the infomercial. It goes straight every time.
0: <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to get that. The alien club. No. no.
1: There's 20% of you out there saying, you bought one right now. I know it. <laughs>
0: Uh, Last word, Moan
1: frere. This one's easy. Thank you to our fans. It's been an amazing season. The Carolina Hurricanes, I go back to setting a record. Sellout crowds during a season. The support of this city, this state, and what this fan base brings into this building each and every night. It's an easy last word. Thank you. Thank you.